Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. For the great majority of us, listening can seem to be too dangerous. So the first requirement is the courage to be able to change yourself. Are you willing? Welcome again to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Hi, I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio with Gabe. And again at the start of the show, you heard the phrase, stay curious, think well, and advance good. Those three elements are so important. If we are going to advance good, including the gospel, we need to think well about what is really happening and who we are trying to reach and help. That brings us back to that stay curious part. And that part means listening, especially with ideas you may not have considered before from people you may not generally agree with. Well, today we're going to hear two talks on that topic. Gabe, tell us about the first one. I want to introduce this talk by Bobette Buster, and she's amazing. She's like a story guru. She's worked with so many different companies, Pixar, Disney Animation, the Disney Channel, Sony Animation. She's somebody who understands the power of story. And in understanding the power of story, something that she grappled with that she brought out at this year's Q Conference was looking at our culture and realizing that few people actually are listening anymore. We do a lot of talking. We do a lot of grandstanding. We put our points of view out in social media. We say what we think. And we think that's all we need to do. We don't understand that the actual power comes when we listen to the other, when we know how to develop that skill. Let's listen in now for nine minutes as Bobette Buster helps us better understand the art of listening. The thing about listening is we either approach it from two points of view, resentment or astonishment. We'll say, oh, that person made me listen. I couldn't believe it or you never listen to me, or with astonishment, that person really knows how to listen. The fact is we have made it a cultural norm now to be multitasking as we're listening to someone and we look at a multi-screen, any, any screen in our lives, whether that's a phone or a TV screen. Listening is not a passive experience. It's active. It's intentional. You are giving someone your time, it's a gracious act, it's generous, and it only happens in time. It's the, it is the bastion of manners that we give each other. And frankly, it's the only way culture moves forward. It was J.K. Rowling who said, no story lives unless someone wants to listen. And then it was Maya Angelou who said, there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. And that's the world we're in now with Black Lives Matters and Me Too movement. All these stories held within for generations, they are like a cancer or uranium about to explode. And it was Ronan Farrell who broke through in the New Yorker article last fall of all the women who had been harassed, even raped, by Harvey Weinstein. 
And he spoke about this in January in The Hollywood Reporter. He said, my mandate was never to believe all the survivors. It was to listen to all the survivors. It's completely possible to be both a skeptical, judicious reporter and also create a space for survivors to be heard. If that inspires people to activism, then it's a job well done. Well, as we know from this event, there was a virtual tsunami, a cascade effect of women finally toppling men in power from sexual harassment motives that they had. There was a moment with Louis C.K., the comedian, who actually, unlike most of the men, came forward and said, what you've heard is true. And so now, I will step aside and listen. Listen suddenly has become a noble gesture, a moment, an offering to society. When Gail King went on Stephen Colbert the day that Charlie Rose was fired from CBS Morning News and lost his PBS show, she was flummoxed. She was so upset because Charlie Rose was a very good friend of hers. And finally, Stephen Colbert said, what do you want? And she said, just listen, just listen to us. And that has become the mantra of the Me Too movement. In fact, I believe it's presaged a new era of civility and a possibility. But how do we get there? Just this week, Madeleine Albright, U.S. Secretary of State and the Clinton era, said to recognize what democracy is about, it's based on an active citizenship. People who know what they have to do, are informed, have a good education, and they listen to one another. Okay, so how do you listen? What is the act of listening? Because we've almost lost that art. You know, it was Harper Lee in the groundbreaking, beautiful book, To Kill a Mockingbird, who wrote these lines and put them into the mouth of Atticus Finch. He said to his daughter, Scout, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. Well, I'm going to show you something here. It's a a scene from uh, CNN from uh, December 2017. As you all recall, in August of last year, there was a neo-Nazi march in Charlottesville, Virginia. There was a counter-protest. A man who sympathized with the neo-Nazis drove a car into um, a group of counter-protesters and killed a young woman, Heather Heyer. This scene happened at the courthouse in December. But in the midst of those trying to scream down hate, a rare occurrence. What's going on, man? How you doing? Daryl Davis, a blues musician, and an imperial wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, agree to meet and find common ground. As, as Americans, your, your Confederate history is as much a part as my black history is a part of yours. And it's time that we got to know one another. That's, you're exactly right. Uh, so how do we convince? You know, we, we can spend we can spend all our life well, arguing, or we or we can move forward. You know as well as I do, my organization has a bad history. But their meeting wasn't welcomed by some. Let me ask you a question. No, do not ask me a question about racist. Well, then you have none. He says you Davis have no says solution. he does and has the KKK robes to prove it. How many of these robes have you gotten handed to you by Klansmen? I probably have about maybe um, 44, 45. Wait, how many ropes have you gotten from the Klansmen? About 44, 45. And, and Klanswomen. And Klanswomen? Correct. Who have said what? They're done. They're done. As a result of... As a result, he says, his process is that he just listens. And he says it takes place over time. 
He says that meeting he had with Billy Snuffer, he said on that day, who was the Imperial Wizard, he said, so it begins. Now, the NAACP is not fond of his motives, but Daryl Davis does this as a private citizen. He steps into the fray and starts a conversation, and he said, but it begins with listening, and he finds common ground. Now, there's a process called the Oxford Process, which I write about in my book, It's by an organization based in the UK, and they bring together the most polarized people from like Israel and Palestine. They put them in a different setting, usually a beautiful setting, good food. Everyone must treat each other courteously, and they have to seek common ground, which is to say, how's the weather? How many children do you have? Anything. And then both sides are allowed to speak and must be listened to for an equal amount of time. And then each side paraphrases what they've heard. What you will expect is an aha moment. However slight or faint, something will happen. But it's important they must take turns. They must try to understand, not judge or interrupt. Sometimes you need a third party. But what you will discover is humility. You may even ask for forgiveness. This can be done with just your ordinary daily life when you have friction or you just don't feel like you're understood by someone in your own life. People you work with, a life partner, your children. What if you took five minutes and listened and then just paraphrased back what they say back and forth? It's Leonard Cohen who said, there's a crack in everything and that's how the light gets in. But it was Carl Rogers, the eminent American psychologist who came up with this in the 1950s. He said, if you really understand another person, if you really spend the time to understand their point of view without any attempt to make evaluative judgments, you run the risk of being changed yourself. And for the great majority of us, listening can seem to be too dangerous. So the first requirement is the courage to be able to change yourself. Are you willing? Well, it was G.K. Chesterton who said, never underestimate the five-minute conversation with a 16-year-old boy. (laughs) You might just change their life. But I would say today that it really comes down to the five-minute session where you listen to the 16-year-old boy or someone else. It's a gift of time because being heard is so close to being loved that for most people, they are almost indistinguishable. For those that have ears, let them hear. Thanks again for listening to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons this week. That was Bob Bab Buster, a message that came from the Q 2018, the annual National Q Conference that Gabe and his team host. Now, this past April, Gabe and the Q team hosted the Culture Summit. It was a time of listening and thinking together on some hard topics, but Q doesn't easily shy away from the hard topics. If you weren't there, I'll tell you what, for the next few minutes, I want you to sit back and listen to just some of the voices that were heard during this past year's event. We've always wanted to be a place where we didn't just tell you the answers, but we asked questions so that you for yourself processed information and weren't just told this is what you have to believe or this is what your opinion must be. Religious freedom is not a political tactic or an evangelistic tool. It's not a political football. Religious freedom is a basic human need. Uh, This particular approach did produce, in less than a year, 
vaccines that are safe and effective. That's never been done before in less than about five years. And shouldn't we be celebrating that? I know people worry that means you cut corners. Believe me, as the NIH director, the only corners we cut were getting the bureaucratic steps out of the way that normally slow the process down. There was no corners cut about safety. When you go at warp speed, you do cut corners, okay? This year, thinking for ourselves has gotten a little more complicated. Fear comes in and we react, right? Our brains just go into this fight or flight mode. Sometimes we freeze. Critical thinking has been something that's in some ways been pushed to the sidelines. We really want that spirit of discernment. How do we actually navigate what, what is true, what isn't true? That's the thing about deception, right? You don't know if it's a lie or if it's true. When you make bold, courageous calls upon your people to obedience to Christ, that it flourishes your church. If we're the ecclesia, I feel like we need to start putting the ek in it. We, we can't expect people just to go into the church. We are the church. The church is not a building. It's an organism. It's us. So we have to step out into the environments that we're called to. Like, I'm trying to tell anyone who will listen right now that this is our moment. Like, we're built for the church. Jesus Christ is built for this. Like, it, the darker it gets, the nastier it looks, the more confusing it is, that's our moment. The reason I had to do the things the way I did and choose to relinquish my privacy and my family's privacy and to put the details of my assault out on an international platform was because we do have such a problem culturally with being able to recognize abuse and stop abusers. And that extends significantly, unfortunately, into our law enforcement uh, and into, into our legal practice, our prosecutorial work. And I invite you to center black voices because you'll find pain, but not just pain, you'll find power. Everything that we know about Chinese surveillance is uh, the potential for exporting this, for adopting some aspects of this, even in a democratic society, is real and frightening. And my heart was filled with hope, really, when I turned off the news and I just opened my heart to my neighbor. And I found out that they weren't the evil devil I, that I had made them out to be. Um, and they actually were not my enemy. They're my brother and they're my sister. I believe young people, thinking people, that this hope is not anti-science. It isn't science fiction because it's as sure as the resurrection was sure in the past. As the church, as Christians, we must be those who carry truth right now. We cannot be those that are manipulated by media, manipulated by governments. We are people of scripture. We are people of the word. We stand on truth that surpasses this moment, surpasses this time. We'll stand the test of time, but that just might require a bit of courage. So God who has arranged human history, who has determined the very time and place that you should live, when he's mapping out your destiny and human history, he says, you here now. You are the people Jesus trusts more than any of the saints in history to get us through this moment. The good news is that the darkness has already been flooded by that marvelous light, right? And God is illuminating the path before us already. But it is our responsibility to take those steps and walk in that light. We hold in each hand two of the holiest tasks. The great commission to make disciples and the greatest commandment to love. 
May we resolve to do both? That again was just some of the many voices from the main stage at the Culture Summit this past April. If you weren't able to attend but would still like to hear these talks in their entirety to spur you to think well, visit QIdeas.org. You can still get a digital pass to watch all the main stage talks. Again, visit QIdeas.org. Now, let's get back to this week's Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. In our first talk, we heard from Bobette Buster about the art of listening. Bobette offered some great concepts about listening well, but how do these work out in practice? Well, to give you a sample, let's travel back to 2016 to a Q Commons event in St. Louis about two years after the riots there set off by the shooting of Michael Brown. As dark as that time was, some there worked to bring about better dialogue and healing. One such person was Rena Hajat Carroll. She worked for a nonprofit in St. Louis. Let's listen to her Q Commons talk called Listen, Talk, Learn. Two years ago, a young Ferguson activist came up to me and said, Thank you. I had no idea why people cared about me so much. When she said that, I immediately teared up. And I thought to myself, It's working. This is working. Two years ago, I spent about 10 days agonizing after Michael Brown's death. I agonized because I didn't know what our community needed. Managers, human resource directors, employees were calling me from companies saying, what do we do? What is our our community supposed to do? And I didn't have the answer. And as an executive director of a diversity organization, I probably should have had the answer. And I didn't. And I agonized and I agonized and I said, what does our community need right now? And finally, it came to me. I realized that what was happening in our community as the details of Michael Brown's death were unfolding, as other information was coming out, that our community was becoming more and more polarized, more and more divisive, and that what we absolutely unequivocally needed was to come together. What we needed was to understand perspective. We all have different perspectives. We all have a different perspective on what happened to Michael Brown and in all of the incidences that have happened in the past two years. Those perspectives are informed by our lived experiences, by what we saw growing up, by what we thought, by what we've heard, by the conversations that we've had. Those perspectives are real. They are to be valued. They are to be honored because they're your perspectives. But what I learned in my time after Michael Brown's death was no one cared about perspectives. You cared about what you cared about, which is what you thought. I had many conversations with people who didn't want to hear anything about perspective. They said, well, I know what I think. I'm not interested in hearing anything else because I know what I think and what I think is right. And I thought, that's not it, though. That can't be where we stop this conversation. We have to make space for perspective. So we started these sessions called Listen, Talk, Learn, and It was an opportunity to bring people together to do exactly that, to listen, talk, and learn with and from one another. I only intended to do about four or five of these because 
we didn't have the budget. They weren't in our strategic plan. They were, it was just something that happened. But they were so successful. Every single one we did had a wait list that we've now done over 250 of these. More than 3,000 people have attended to listen, talk, and learn with one another and to hear perspective and to understand why does someone think what they think? Where does that come from? And as I was understanding all of this more and more, I thought, we can't stop at perspective. We also have to understand unconscious bias and the role that bias plays in everything that we do. It's not always a bad word. Sometimes unconscious bias gets a bad rap, and it doesn't need to. Bias is normal. It's part of our inherent being. I always say that if you have a brain, you have bias. It's actually something that's originated in the prefrontal cortex of our brains, and we can't do anything about it. And all bias isn't negative. We have some really, really positive biases. But we also have negative biases. And those negative biases sometimes lead to attitudes and perspectives that divide us. So we started encouraging people to think about why they thought what they thought. To really explore what's called your metacognition and how that might inform your biases in a particular situation. And once we can understand a little bit more about what those biases are, whether they are based in race or geography or gender or police versus community, whatever that bias is, we have to figure out, well, what do we do with this? What do we as a community do with this? And that's where this conversation of debate versus dialogue came up for us where we said, it's not helpful to debate one another. Sure, as we heard just a couple minutes ago, we have different opinions. We might disagree, but there has to be a civil and respectful way to talk about those disagreements. And so I believe firmly in this concept of dialoguing rather than debating. Debating is very clearly where your arms are folded, and you're not interested in hearing what I have to say. You're combative. You're close-minded. You're looking to win the conversation. You may not even be listening to what I'm saying because you're formulating what you're going to say. Dialogue is the opposite of that. Dialogue is saying, I am open-minded. Share with me what you think. Let me ask you questions because I don't exactly understand it. Let me be open to collaborating with you and partnering with you in this conversation. And through these 250 Listen, Talk, Learns that we've done, we've seen people do exactly that. They have dialogued with one another. They've said, I don't agree with that. Here's why. We've had people say, that's just not my lived experience. I can't relate to that. Let me share with you what my lived experience is. And through all of this, what we found is that there were lots of commonalities that people were sharing. There were lots of fears in this community. Fears from wives of police officers, fears of the mothers of black sons. That's a shared feeling. 
there were values and feelings around love in this community, saying, we love this community. We want this community to be better. What do we have to do? There was a shared feeling of, let me just hug you because I want to make this work with you. And this happened over and over and over again. And in this community and in this time where we are so divided and so polarized, I think if we can think about the framework of debate versus dialogue, it will take us to the next step. But it's challenging because, again, we think what we think. And I think most of us probably think we're, we're pretty smart. And so, we, you know, again, we think what we think. We think it's the right thing. And so I ask you to just challenge that for yourself and say, I don't know the lived experience of everyone. I don't understand every single perspective. But I'm going to be open to hearing it. I'm going to be open-minded. I'm not going to have my arms folded. I'm going to listen. And if I don't know something, I'm going to use the Socratic method of asking questions. I'm not going to say, that's really stupid. I disagree with you. Instead, I'm going to say, that's really interesting. Can you tell me more about that? Because I think when we enter conversations like that, we really, really can move our community forward. That again was a great talk from Rina Hajat Carroll that hopefully encourages you to apply the art of listening principles that Bobette Buster talked about earlier on Q Ideas with Gabe Lines. Gabe, for those who want to learn more about listening better, there's a resource from our first speaker, Bobette Buster, that would be very helpful. She actually has a book called Do Listen. Okay, Do Listen, Understand What's Really Being Said, Find a New Way Forward. And it's a wonderful book that just takes these ideas even to a new level. And I hope it encourages you. Sounds great, Gabe. Well, as we wind down today's show, just a reminder that many of the talks you hear on Q Ideas with Gabe Lines and many more are available to you as a subscriber to the Q Media platform at QIdeas.org. And it's not just talks, a lot of other great curated content. Plus, you can request a 30-day trial membership. Just go to QIdeas.org to make that request. Plus, as we mentioned earlier about the Culture Summit this past April, you can still watch all those talks for a special after-event rate. Again, learn more about both at qideas.org. I'm Paul Perot with Gabe, wishing you a great week. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.